Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. In 1919, he hit 29 home runs and was sold to the New York Yankees. A three-run home run for Buckington. The Yankees now lead it by a score of 3-2. Bill Lee is now going over to a couple of the Yankees, and there they go again. Hits it to deep left. That might send the Yankees to the World Series. Baratek and A-Rod going at it. Roberts is going. Posada's throw. Roberts, safe. What can I say? Just dip my heart and... and... Call the Yankees my daddy. Welcome to Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. Brian Shackman, John Senecal, of course, as always. And uh, special guest today, you know, it's it's funny when, you know, we're in Connecticut. That's where we're based, obviously. And so when, when there's homegrown talent, it's really cool. But when there's homegrown talent on the front end of something that's really kind of capturing the imagination of the country, it's even cooler. And Jackson Olsen, and we're going to get a bit of his story if you don't know who he is, he was a great college baseball player, and he's now on the Savannah Bananas, and he's created quite a career on TikTok, which we will get into as well. And, and now his it, Wikipedia can say the 101 episode guest. That's that's right. I wasn't going to bring it up. We're gonna we're gonna add that um, to his Wikipedia. And we're both product. This show is products of the pandemic, and kind of your career where it is now is is a product of the pandemic. And he, he, by the way, you know you've made it when you have a team. Like he's got a team. Like you, you have like I don't know who's on your team. Like who's on the team? I email him, and there's a bunch of different people that respond. Oh, you got like you he's got, got a team. Like what? What is your team? So it's uh, Max Fleming, who's my agent. Um, I work with Buckwald. It's an agency in LA and New York. Um, and yeah, they've helped a lot with what I've been doing. So it's really cool. So listen, I, I want to take a step backward, and John, I'm, I have a, like a zillion questions, so you're just going to have to step in, okay? <laughs> I'm so, good at stepping in. Yes, to <laughs> so just make sure that. So people who don't know, some people don't even know what the Savannah Bananas are, and we'll get to that. Cause I was talking to Ray Dunaway, the 30-year host here on the show I do now, and he's like, who? But uh, in terms of Jackson Olsen, take me through, you know, where you're from here in Connecticut and you went to the University of Hartford. Just take us through your college career and when it ended, because then, then then I will get into what happened next. Like, where, where did you play ball and how good were you? Yeah, so I committed to U-Hart when I was a junior in college or in high school, I mean. Um, Justin Blood gave me my first offer and I took the first offer that I got. Um, he offered me a really good um, good spot there. And Ben Bankston, actually, who was the shortstop before me, uh, he ended up getting drafted. And Coach so you're Blood, like, I can make the bigs from this place. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so he played there for the first year. I watched him, followed his what he was doing, followed his footsteps, uh, learned a lot from him. And then I stepped into that shortstop role sophomore year. Um, 
and just had a really fun career at Hartford. We won the first ever conference championship in Hartford baseball history there. Um, went to the NCAA tournament, played at Stetson, played versus South Florida. We actually played against, uh, I faced Shane McClanahan, who got his MLB debut in the World Series. He's nasty. He's nasty. He is nasty. He probably would have won the Cy Young if he hadn't gotten hurt. Yeah. yeah. He's he's with Tampa. Yeah, he got yeah. hurt and then kind of obviously. So you, did you hit your head on the ceiling? At the University of Hartford, like why? Why did you then left? Right, you left Hartford. Yeah. So right after COVID, every I, it felt like everyone was transferring. Um, everyone was going somewhere else, and I realized I'd been in Connecticut my entire life. Now, are you, what what year are you at Hartford when you're transferring? So it was after my, I guess after my uh, senior year, but it was like cut in half. Yeah, because so, you still got eligibility because of COVID. So that's yeah, 20, so one year. 2020? That was 2020. Yep. Okay. And then I went to Stetson after that um, and just wanted to change the pace, change the scenery. And it was huge for me to do that because that kind of opened up doors for me later in my life um, going different places. So Just the dudes you met playing down there and the people that saw you play type thing? Like, how did that open up things later? So it basically just making that move to go somewhere else. I'd never done that before. And right. I wanted to stay in Connecticut for college. I knew that. I wanted to stay like grounded where I was and then going to Stetson ended up then I moved to California last year so like I don't know if I didn't go to Stetson I don't know if I would have moved to California just because you're too conservative a guy like you just were like I was this is my home and I'm gonna stay here type thing I was happy staying here and then getting out of my comfort zone and going down south and playing baseball there I'm like wow I'm actually my own person And when you growing so, up in Connecticut, New Milford, Connecticut is not exactly like a baseball hub. Connecticut isn't really. It's gotten better with in recent years. But were you scouted by anybody else, or was it like you said you took the first offer? Now, was there any other schools you were looking at, or? Yeah. So I after I committed, um, I had a really good senior year. I was all state shortstop in Connecticut, um, and I was getting looks from other schools, but they kind of knew that I was going to Hartford at that point. It had already been spread across everywhere that I was going there. Um, I was getting some interest from UConn, from Fordham, from BC uh, after that, and a little bit before it too, but ended up knowing that Hartford was the place that, first of all, wanted me, and I knew I was going to play there and have a good chance. If the shortstop was getting drafted in the 23rd round, I knew that I had, right. if I was going to be a shortstop, I have a good chance of getting But it's not like too. Clemson or Vandy came in and said, no, here. Nope. But you did get other... D one, but knowing you're going to play looks. is huge. Knowing you're going to play in college is huge. That was I, what I, I didn't want. I didn't want to go in and be like, all right, I'm not going to play for two years because right. we have an all American shortstop, and then I'm going to start my junior year, and no one's right. going to know who I am. So that was the best, the best way. I mean, Sean Newcomb, we had we had a lot of big time talent coming out of Hartford yeah. at that point. Eric Osberg drafted 13th round, um, and I knew that that was a place where I could kind of be like a a dark horse in a sense, and like kind of. Get through there. Just quick digression. I've done a ton of work on the University of Hartford. John Gallagher, I've talked to him many times and all this stuff. This is not what this is about. But generally speaking, if people don't know who are listening, the University of Hartford had athletes like Jackson at a Division One level. They made the NCAA basketball tournament, and then they decided to go from Division One to Division Three, and it's been kind of a disaster. And the school, to be honest, and I've given them plenty of opportunities, the school is really struggling in a lot of ways. I just quickly, how did that make you feel when they when they made that that decision to basically the baseball program will never ever be the same? Yeah, well, the first thing I thought was when I have kids and I'm 45 years old, I'm gonna have to tell them, yeah, well, it was D1 when I went there. <laughs> that was kind of my first thought. I'm like, wow, this is this is crazy. I'm. It almost felt like I was a D3 baseball player at that point. Um, and from all all that Justin Blood did to make that program go from literally nothing to having the most wins ever and winning a 
conference championship. Um, I, it's just very sad to see that. The basketball team doing really well a year ago, and now it's just – it feels like all of it was for nothing. It really does. I mean, it was a great experience going there, and I loved it, and I'll never, like, forget it. But now it kind of feels like, oh, it's Hartford. When you think of Hartford, you think of, oh, they're the team that's going D3. Yeah, like Jackson you, and I were talking about this before the show. and Which I, one, Jackson, your son, or no, Jackson Olsen? Jackson okay. right here. <laughs> and uh, I was telling him I used to work there at U-Hart oh, that's right. in the video department. I remember him specifically because of his name, because my son's name is Jackson. And, and we started talking about a couple of the other players. And then we got talking about how um, you know Justin Blood's gone now. He's at Keene State. And that they're, they're, they never really were the premier part of that program. And, uh, you know, they, they were, the basketball more was. And the baseball team didn't even have ba- batting cages on campus. You know, they had to travel in a van, right, to go down to Hartford probably, right? At 6 a.m. At 6 a.m. So, you know, <laughs> add that to it. So, but, and, and, then, and then, you know, to, put, to, to speak to Jackson's point, you know, Justin Blood's building a program around all that, a winning program too. So, you know, it's, it's a bigger gut punch too, I would think, a little bit more when you got less and you're, getting, and you're doing more, you know, yeah. with less. So, yeah, you were yeah. underdogs the whole time. So, okay, so you go down to Stetson, and how did you finish up baseball-wise? Did you have a good season? Was it not a great season? Like, where were you in your baseball when you were wrapping up? So, I actually didn't have that great of a season at Stetson. Um, I don't know what was really happening, what was going on. I was in my head mentally like crazy. Um, but that was when I started posting on TikTok. And so, I'm not saying that that's the reason that I was playing badly, but I kind of found another passion, and I realized, I mean – Backtracking a little bit, I was playing in the Cape Cod League, and I got an offer from the Diamondbacks. Like probably eight games in, I was hitting like 280, playing good third base, and I uh, got an offer from them, and then I turned it down to hopefully get drafted the next year. Mm. And when I was at Hartford, that was when COVID happened, and it shortened the draft from 40 rounds to five rounds. So I didn't get drafted, didn't get signed after my after that year. Um, and then going to Stetson, I kind of had – felt like I had a chip on my shoulder, and I just wasn't – I don't know if I was happy. I don't know what was – happening mentally but i just wasn't in the right like uh mind space head space yeah, yeah. and uh yeah so i didn't re- i didn't get any offers after stetson at all so and we'll get to tiktok in a second so you thought your baseball career was over yep. and like you were done i thought i was done completely and did I was, you go get was, a job or so, were you becoming a professional tiktoker like what were you doing after so you get out so no offers there no one wants you to even be a you know yep a, a scrub in some, you know, a roster filler somewhere, which must have been tough, A. Yeah. And B, like, what we, what was your plan? Yeah, so I knew that I had the ability to play professionally. I knew that. And I played in the Cape Cod League. I was middle of the pack in batting average. I was the starting third baseman every game. And 15 guys on that team on Hyannis got drafted or signed Five of them in the first two rounds. Yeah, you're not a, and, you know, Brian, you're not a scrub if you're playing in the cake. Yeah, no, man, I, I was, I've been going to Orleans. Yeah. I've been yeah. going to the, the it's Firebirds now, the, the country, Cardinals. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. So if you if you can do well in that league, you can probably get a job at the next level. Yeah, yeah, and some of my friends and teammates that I was equally as good good then or better than, um, I so, thought ooh, I had a, a good chance. Were you pissed? So, a little bit, yeah, I was, because I knew that, that was I if I had the ability to do it. I knew yeah. I had the ability to do it. And it just it, it sucks that and I hate giving excuses, but like COVID really messed it up. It went from four the draft went from forty rounds to yeah. five. And it's like those five rounds were pitchers and all American shortstops and third baseman and second baseman. That right. that's who got picked. Right. You weren't um, an eighteen year old coming out of high school. Yeah. Throwing a hundred. And wow, that must have been so frustrating. And but there's there's no avenue to just 
go somewhere and try to make some sort of low A or rookie ball thing. Like there's well, a no lot of path. them disappeared. Remember that? Like the minor leagues the were got... just vanished. Right. So it's only left for those under contract, basically. Right. Yeah. And what I also realized is kind of like you were saying, I don't want to go and I don't want to just go play professional baseball to say, oh, I play professional baseball. Right. And I knew that, and this is going to sound crazy, but like I knew I had this idea that TikTok and social media was going to be huge and it was going to blow up for everyone and it was going to be the biggest biggest thing on the planet. So I really honed in on that. And then after my last game at Stetson, um, I got a DM, a message from MLB. And I'd been working with them a couple times on videos and stuff and uh, different content opportunities. And they basically said, we have this thing coming up, like stay tuned. And I'm like, I didn't really know what they meant. They didn't really give me much information at all. And um, so for those three months after they DM me, they hadn't messaged me again for three months. So then, like you were saying, a job. I was delivering groceries for Instacart. That was my job. That was what I was doing. Because Back I in New Milford or like New where Milford were you? in New York City to okay. a little bit. Um, and I was just lost. I was like, I had no idea. I was still posting videos and they were getting a lot of views and I was gaining a lot of followers, but it didn't feel like I had any. There when, was no reason for it. When you're posting it. videos, are you posting like baseball videos or are you posting... Just anything videos, like Whatever. I'm driving Instacart down the street. Literally, yeah. I was making videos about Instacart, and I became kind of the Instacart person on uh, TikTok. I, any, anything I've done since Hartford, I've portrayed on social media. So everything that I've literally been doing, it's it's literally just a video journal of my entire life. Every single day I'm posting. Um, and then So it's not just an effort to be funny. Like, you weren't necessarily so performative, or you were. Like, what was the... Well, actually, it I want to step feels back. like you're taking your passion for baseball and just turn it into video and social yeah, media. Yeah, I needed something you, you needed else. An outlet. I had, I had to have something. But else. it sounds like the 30 seconds you're on TikTok, it's everything's great, and then 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 you stop recording, and you're like, "This su- my I'm life like, sucks." I'm like, "What? Not not sucks?" Because I I think that's the reason I've been able to do all of this is because I've seen the silver lining in every single thing I've done. Like, I loved doing Instacart. This is going to sound crazy, but like, I loved it and I was passionate about it because that was what I was doing at that time. Right. So I take so, it back. So you, but. You weren't unhappy necessarily, but like you knew you knew you weren't where you wanted to be necessarily. Yeah. So I've had jobs in media, and John can probably attest to this, where I thought I had a great interview or a great opportunity, and then radio silence. And then you realize that whoever's on the other side, you're just one of fifty things they got to deal with. So that doesn't mean you're young. To learn this lesson at your age is great. It doesn't mean they don't want you or there might not be yeah. something there. It just means like they have a hundred other things going on. Yeah. So then, did they then come back to you and say, "Let's go"? So they basically. It's not that they had a bunch of stuff going on. They literally just knew that they had to start at a certain time. They were they were preparing all of this stuff for I didn't know what, but like they were preparing all of this stuff to get something going. And then they wanted me to be a part of their inaugural creator class, which was basically 11 people who were going to go to baseball stadiums and make content. And they gave us complete creative freedom. And they said, go ahead, go make videos, whatever you want. And at the fir- at first, I'm like, what do I make videos of? Do I go to the stadium and try to get a player in a video? Right. Like, what do I do? Now you got MLB and, credentials and you basically And you get paid. You get paid? Yep, yep. But the only problem was it was only a 2 month thing. So, I realized, all right, in this 2 months I've got to take all the money that I've made from Instacart, go travel, go to these stadiums and make content. And you could have literally made videos in your basement talking about the Yankees. You and it was 12 you had to make 12 videos over two and a half months and that was it. And I'm and like some I was kind of did that, right? Yeah. And I was expecting like kind of after that 2 months to just be done, and that's that's what I thought was going to happen. But I ended up posting like 65 or 70 videos. We had to post 12, and I posted 65 or 70 because I'm like, I want to be the best creator. So 
next year, if an opportunity comes and a company says, hey, who, who do you have, MLB? Who do you have for us to work with? I wanted them to say my name every single time. Hmm. And they did. And that I went, I got to go on this huge Major League Baseball tour with Game Time, a ticket app. And um, the best opportunity probably ever, since, other than the bananas. Um, and that was the only reason I got to do that and travel the entire country because That's the part of the story you don't read about though. Like, cause when you read, you don't hear that part that you, you basically, you made your opportunity. It sounds like when you read about it, it's like, well, major league baseball found him and told him to go do this. No, yeah, no you, I, I had to make it. And even on the major league baseball tour, game time came to me and they basically said, Hey, we want you to rank every California baseball stadium. And I'm like, all right, that's sick. But I hope this turns into this turns into more. I hope they come back to me and say, all right, now go rank the East coast stadiums. Now go rank the Midwest stadiums. Right. And they didn't come back to me after the California. So I went to them and me and my agent, Max Fleming, we basically said, here are the analytics. I got 8 million views on my videos. It was literally every single video I was posting was viral at these stadiums. And I'm like, we basically sent them all the analytics and said, based on this, can Jackson go to all the East coast stadiums? And they said, okay, went to the East coast. Same thing happened. Every single video viral. And they paid, they paid you. Yep. Yep, and covered everything, um, and that's kind of where I also started to get into food. So that's been a huge thing for me too. Um, I would post like everything I ate at Kauffman Stadium. And Did you really eat all that food? Like ate it, ate it, or no. just tried it? I was like, I, there's no way this dude's gonna eat all. You gotta this try. Food. You gotta try it. You gotta try it. Right. I, was, there, I would a... say the only thing is though, I would have to do multiple takes of each video. Yeah. So I ended. I ended up eating like probably three of quarters of yeah. the food, wow. which is actually crazy because I would have to like even a burger. I would always take three bites and do three takes, and so I'm like, wow, I didn't realize I'm actually eating all of this. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I can't uh, do it anymore. So, I, so the food thing, and and so. What's your style? Like, in ter- like I'm old. Like, I, I, I see TikTok when it comes on my Twitter feed because Twitter's where I get everything, although I don't like it anymore. And it, I'm not blaming Elon Musk, but the, the stuff that they've changed, I don't like consuming it as much it's as I used to. It's a generational thing, is what he's No, no, but no, 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 it's not. Twitter's changed, and I don't, I just. No, I'm talking use, about TikTok. Right, but I, I watch the videos. Right. I just, I, for me personally, I know that if I consume it a lot, I will consume a ton of it. And so when there's good stuff, I see it over, like you post stuff on your Twitter account, or so then I'll consume it. Right. But what is your style? Like the food stuff I knew about, but in general, when you were doing those other things, what sort of stuff, when you were doing those like stadium reviews, were they highly stylized? Were you already dancing? Like what sort of stuff were you doing? Yeah. So for those stadium reviews, I would try to keep it kind of not the exact same, but I would start off every single video and I would say, Game Time challenged me to find the best Major League Baseball stadium in California. My first stop on the tour was Dodger Stadium. And I would start that exactly the same every single time. So when people were scrolling on their feed, they're like, oh, Dodger Stadium, here it is. Mm. So if I started it just at the stadium, just taking a video of the stadium, like no one, like they might not watch it. Right. But I realized like if I have a playlist now, you can put a playlist on TikTok that shows all of your videos in a certain category. So I put, I clumped together all of my Major League Baseball videos, which is like probably, I mean, 30 because it's 30 stadiums. Um, clumped them all together, and literally if you scroll down, it goes, game time challenge me, game time challenge me, game time challenge me, and it's all me in the exact same, like, I'm in the middle of the screen, tossing up a baseball, or like, throwing it up, catching it in my glove, every time, because I realize that people need that. Like They know it's a different video, but they know it's the same sequence, so they will just, they'll go through them all. Yeah, and I, I love seeing that, so what I also do, like a big strategy for me, is I scroll and I look at other videos, and I, I save the ones that I like, and that I... 
not necessarily like, but I think it's like a very good strategy they're doing, whether it's, you know, it's them every single time, you know what they're doing, what their thing is every single time. So listen, I just want to reset. We're talking with Jackson Olson of the Savannah Bananas here on Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports, John Seneca, Brian Shackman. I do want to put a pin in TikTok for a second because I want to talk about the business side of it, but I want to, I want to go back to baseball for a second. So but they're all related, obviously. So you, you're traveling the country doing these TikToks, and we're into 2021, right? Yep. Okay. So is the next jump in your chronology from doing this stuff for like Game Time or MLB to the bananas? Is there anything in between? Nothing in between. Okay. No, I literally stopped halfway through the Midwest, my Midwest tour, and um, basically went home for a little while and then went to the bananas. Okay. So, and you were not playing any baseball, correct? No. Okay. No, none. So take people through how you went from being sort of this growing media personality, getting paid. You're a prof- I always say you're an amateur until you get paid. You were getting paid. Yeah. So you were a media professional. Yep. How did you go from that to playing for the Bananas? So it was kind of cool that I was able to combine what I was doing. So like my entire life, I've been a baseball player. Then I started posting on TikTok. And the Bananas is literally a team that it's TikTok's favorite team, and you're also playing baseball. So I realized this is what I want to do. But like you said, I hadn't played baseball in a year and a half. I had not touched a baseball unless I was doing whatever. Like, I was never training. And um, I realized I had to get back in shape very quick. I was eating all this stadium food. I was, <laughs> like, gaining some weight, and I was not running, not lifting, not playing baseball. And I'm like, it all sounded really cool at first. I'm like, I'm going to be a banana. Oh, shoot, I have a month to get ready. And so that month, I grinded literally at the batting cage for four hours a day, at the gym for two hours a day, just getting ready for it. Now, when you say you're going to be a banana, how does that happen? I mean, you don't just call them up and say, I want to be a banana. Like, walk us through that process. You you, you did what you did best, right? You yeah. turned to social media. Yep, I turned to social media, and I, I was laying in bed. I just finished at Target Field um, in Minnesota, and I remember I was on the field, and I remember it like it was literally today on the field and I'm watching these guys warm up and throw. And it was the first time since I stopped playing baseball where I missed it. Yeah. It was the very first time I hadn't missed playing at all. I was like kind of on this social media high that whole time. Like, Oh my God, this is my new thing. But then obviously your passion comes back. And so I was like, wow, laying in bed that exact same night and I was scrolling on TikTok, and it's very, very, it's, it's not common at all where you see three videos on the same page back to back to back. It's usually you see, a cooking video, a video of a dog ju- jumping off a couch or something. Right. But it was three back-to-back-to-back Savannah Bananas TikToks. And I'm like, this is a sign. That same day, I wanted to play baseball again. I saw these TikToks, and I'm like, well, I got to do something about this. So what did you do? So I posted three TikToks in the next three months, basically saying how cool I thought they were and just how I thought they were good, great for baseball. Um, and made them funny. Made them, I, I made one where I was like, I would be willing to even dance. Like, I never danced on TikTok ever. And I'm like, I would be willing to learn how to dance, stuff like that, um, and just made it silly. Jesse Cole, the owner, reached out through messages and basically said, hey, love that TikTok. If there's ever an opportunity for us to work together, like, let's do it. Um, and it kind of started out as I was going to come just make content for them because I never expressed that I wanted to play. Right. I just said how cool they were. And so – He might not even have known you were a baseball player. Yep, might not even have known. Um, and I didn't want to tell him that. That's what people always say, like – did you tell him that you played in the Cape, that you led your team at Hartford for two years and hitting? Like, did you tell him all this? And I'm like, no, because that's when you start talking about that, they get turned off. Right. And like, I would get turned off if someone told me that. Like, yeah, I did this and this and this. I wanted it to just happen naturally. I wanted him to go look online and do his digging if he wanted to. 
and see that I played. Um, and then I got in talks with Savannah, the marketing um, lead who runs all the social media. And she emailed back and forth. And it was still just about content, mm -hmm. content. Finally went on a phone call with Jesse. And I'm like, Jesse, this is going to sound crazy. But if you ever need a third baseman, let me know. That was it. And he goes, all right. And that was kind of the call. Like, I just basically told him that. And he goes, all right. Three months go by. Um, I'm on my MLB tour. And um, I make a pit stop at the College World Series. And I get a phone call. I'm in the middle of filming a video. And my friend Trevor was like, he did this thing so perfectly with the mascot. And it was like a once in a, once in a lifetime, like, like right. picture that I got, right. but it paused because I got a phone call from Jesse, oh. and I'm like, I'm like Trevor, I'm, I'm like Trevor, I'm so sorry. Look who's calling me, and he knew. Anyone in the baseball world knows Jesse Cole now. Yeah, it's yeah. like crazy, and so I picked up the phone, and I'm like, this could be one or two things. Like he's gonna invite me to come to come in August and, and watch him play. The best TikTok video ever. Literally ruined it. <laughs> or he's gonna say that I'm the third baseman, and he said I was the third baseman, and I'm like, I'm ready. Like even though I wasn't because I hadn't played. <laughs> that's I mean that's it's stunning but you you learn a lesson listen I I came to media late I started in journalism at 26 but that that need to play it cool is really difficult because you feel like you're almost being some you're being someone you're not like I remember applying to TV jobs and just having to be cool and casual about things that were burning me up inside so and you want it so bad and you know the line between getting it and not getting it is so thin yep. and it's such a uh, i mean i don't even know how to articulate it but getting that opportunity before you get it you you, you dream you think about it you're you you have all these hypotheticals in your yeah. head and then and you don't want to screw it up but you have to sort of give off this aura of casualness it's so hard it's so hard yeah but for you to learn that lesson in your 20 mid-20s is like i still can't do it i get excited about something i'm like you ever see it's it's an old movie. You ever see the movie Swingers? Yeah, no. So you should see it. I was literally. If you're gonna say the same quote, I am. I was. No, just, I, I mean like when he when he when he calls the girl fifty times. Oh yeah, okay. You know, like it's. it's <laughs> I was gonna say the one where you say when they went to the casino and you say you act like you don't need the stuff and they right, give it to you. Right, right, right. <laughs> but that's true too. Yeah, a hundred percent. You should definitely see that movie. By the I'll way, watch it, it's yeah. John Favreau and and. It's a um, oh, okay. What's his name? With that Vince Vaughn. Vince that's right. Vaughn. Oh, he's hilarious. And but yeah. it, like their first their roles first of their careers, wow. and uh, it just makes me feel really old. Uh, listen, we're talking with Jackson Olson here on Fanbase, a deep dive in the greatest rivalry in sports. John Sedical, Brian Shackman. I love that story. And so, it's you end up going there, and are you allowed to do your TikTok and run that business? separate from the like how does the relationship work because now you play baseball but they want your social they want a piece of that and they want the marketing but also it's sort of like your it's not even your side hustle it's part of your life which i'll talk about later how does that dynamic work yeah so now i basically have two jobs i mean i have playing for the bananas is my full time that's my number one primary being a baseball player is number one and then i also have my business and it's my business is social media and doing brand deals and um now we come to a point where it's like, when can I use bananas? When can I use the banana logo? Or when when can't I? Um, when am I getting paid? When am I not? So it's kind of like a, a dynamic that I have to learn now that it's, I mean, we don't have a collective bargaining agreement. There's nothing like holding me back from doing this. So it's really cool that I'm able to do my job and then do the bananas and kind of also bring them together sometimes. Can you TikTok about the bananas anytime you want? Or yep. Okay. I, but if I'm getting paid for it, then I can't have the logo anywhere or I can't really like promote them unless they bring something to me. Wait, I don't understand that. If you're getting paid by whom? 
any company that I'm working with. So, so if you do a separate company, you can't do the Savannah branded stuff. So I can't like, wear a shirt for bananas or anything. I can't. I can't be promoting the bananas while I'm promoting another company and right. getting paid for it because then it's yeah. By the way, quick question: the third baseman who left, where did he go? I don't think they had a like definite. Third baseman. I think they he had some guys. He wasn't good at social media. <laughs> he was Black card. I was like, did he go he to? Did he go work at Instacart or? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? What happened to that guy? <laughs> he was like, uh, that. That's really ama- amazing to me. And okay, so John, do you want to ask him? Because I want to get then get into the. Well, ban- so I want you. I want you to tell a story about what you and I were talking about before. It kind of blends the whole Savannah Bananas. Kind of blends your whole life in a way together. About the when you were on the field, tell me that. Tell that story about Derek Jeter. Oh yeah, so well, we got to make this a Yankee thing, right? So this was the well, craziest. He's a Yankees fan, but this, I know, this, I know. This, this, this is this is like a full circle thing. Yeah, this, this was great. this was the craziest moment, um, craziest five minutes of my entire life by far. So I got the opportunity from Capital One to interview Derek Jeter. Wow. So interviewed him. Did we talked to him about in his wallet. <laughs> What's in, What's in your wallet, Derek? <laughs> I, I, I asked him cash or credit, and he was like, credit. <laughs> um, no, but so I got to interview him, talked for literally an hour, talked about the bananas, talked about everything. He said he wants to come to a game, so trying to work on that. Um, talked to him, finished that. I walk outside, and I go into this suite where I'm with MLB, and Miles Teller's there, who's Top Gun. Yeah, of I course. Mean, the yeah. big-time Miles Teller. And I talked to him for like five minutes, and we just talked about a new movie that he that's coming out for him, and I was playing it cool. I'm like, I didn't want to say The Offer is my favorite TV show ever. I mean, <laughs> and Derek Jeter, your favorite player. And Derek Jeter, my favorite player. Right. So it's like two things that I love. It's like, whoa, that's kind of crazy. And so, but the craziest part of all is I walk out of the suite and I look up at the Jumbotron and I see myself and I'm like, Wh-? and I see that I'm wearing, a, it's, it's a bananas, literally an ad for the Savannah Bananas. Not an ad, but kind of an ad. And um, they came, the MLB came to our summer series in August and filmed everything, and Dan Oberst and Kyle Lewigs, who's our first baseman and pitcher, they mic'd them up the entire game. Um, and I, I saw myself, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then I saw Dan, and then I saw Kyle and all of us, and I'm like, this is crazy. The fact that, like, I was working with MLB, didn't even know the bananas was a possibility, and now I'm working with MLB and on the bananas, and it's all coming full circle, and I just met my idol and it, it, it just all kind of clicked right there where I'm like, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. It's 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 amazing. You know, I think about like how how long – it's just like a you do this for two or three years and then you have to evolve to something else. Like it, 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 can you make enough of a living to keep doing it? And there's all these – I have a ton of different questions. But I, wa- I want to talk about the, the baseball for a second because I'm going to get attacked by both of you. <laughs> and, because for me, when I first started watching this – I'm like, first of all, like you guys are great athletes, and let's just be honest. I was a Division three athlete, and I wasn't very good at that. And and so you're like really good athletes, and like a lot of macho dudes. Some of those pitchers are big dudes, and like here you are doing these silly dances and all the stuff. And it's like, and then I read the piece on it. I can't remember what a newspaper or magazine or how. Now it's it's almost like if you build it, they will come. Like in almost like like in a in a field of dreams where like these guys who can't play anymore or can't find a place to play want to go there and there's yeah. a performance aspect to it and and it's kind of amazing but my worry I watched these videos early on and I love all of it but my worry is that it's going to become too much of a caricature and it's going to be like 
the Globetrotters versus the Washington Generals. And and you both are telling me that's not the case. And I want you to make the case as you go on this this tour that's sold out everywhere. They've had to double the basically double the amount of dates because they the people want to go so badly. What what tell me why it's not like the Globetrotters. Yeah, so I think a big reason why we're selling out these places and why people are so obsessed with it, obviously the fun and games and it's crazy of players dancing and we have a dancing umpire, banana nana, grandmother dance team. It's it's all so ironic and so fun, but also we're playing a legit baseball game. Like the generals get beat up by the Globetrotters every single game and you know that it's all staged. We don't stage any of our actual game. The gameplay is all real. You're playing a real game. So like I'm at third base and yeah, I'm thinking like, what dance do I have to do after this? Or do I have to go on top of the dugout? But I'm also thinking, I need to make this play right now because we need to win this game. Like we, the fans come to see the bananas win. The party animals are really good and we need to win. And um, the really cool thing too is that we're also playing real pro teams this year. So we're playing independent ball teams. Oh, you're not playing that one t- the same team every time? We'll play them probably half the games. Oh, okay. um, then we have challenger series where teams will challenge us. And I mean, the Kansas City Monarchs had a bunch of former major league baseball players play um, they played them last year, the Bananas versus Monarchs, and it was really competitive. And it's like, whoa, like this is real baseball. See, now that's the right way to do it. See, I was under the impression, we both are under the impression that it was going to be one of these, like, you know, we're going to play the party animals every now. Now, granted, if there's still a great competition, you're still playing the same team all the time. Like, I wanted to see, like, oh, yeah, I rolled into town, these, these roughnecks threw a team together, you know, we're going to play these yeah. guys tonight, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, yeah. granted, you're not going to get a bunch of, you know, softball beer guys, but if you're playing different teams, that's that that's that's pretty awesome. It's a different yeah. it's a different look. I, I just want to know that it's the that it's truly competitive and and yep. that there are actually games too. Although and, and I I really like the rules and I you know when it comes to the baseball and with the fun is is it because Major League Baseball has become inaccessible financially and the game is boring? Like what about this? And I think the pandemic actually really helped mm-hmm. the bananas and but in the way you view it, like what makes it so compelling that so many people now want to yep. see it. It's one thing. It's the breaking down the barrier between fan and player. So you'll see videos online of people. I watched a video literally yesterday of a fan trying to get his ball signed. Like last year during a major league baseball game, he had to reach under the net and the ball got like, like jammed in between the fence and he couldn't get it out. And he's like, all right, well now I don't have anything for you to sign at the bananas games. We're in the crowd talking to the people like they're, Players literally give roses to girls in the stands. It's like it's an actual like really fun environment because we're able to interact. We have a parade before every single game where we run through the crowd and we do a, a dance, a hey baby dance, <laughs> and we are interacting the entire time with the fans. And that's why they love it because they're like, I'm gonna go to a game and be involved in this thing. I'm gonna talk to a player. I'm gonna catch a foul ball for an out. I'm gonna be involved. Yeah, they're playing and they're the people on the field. But like Globetrotters, for instance, you're, I went to a Globetrotters game last year. You sit there the entire time. Nothing happens in the crowd. And I love the Globetrotters, but like we literally break down that barrier and we're in the crowd. After our first run, we sprint through the stands and give high fives. Like we're always, always, always in the stands. Are you? Are you do you look back? Is it weird that you were aspiring to be a major league player and you're doing this? Yeah, I think that sometimes. But then I also think Jonathan Papelbon comes back and does a dance in a kilt. And he is pitching for us. And he puts a World Series trophy behind pitcher's mound. And he's pitching for us. So I'm like, yeah, it's weird. It's like weird to think that I never thought I would be in this position. But then I see guys come back. 
and like Bill Lee, like a former Red Sox oh, legend coming Space back. Man, yeah. He's and on your just, roster too for 2023. He's on our roster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he almost died last yeah. year, I think. <laughs> yeah, that was scary. I want to ask you, John, did you see the the I think it was the Minnesota Vikings? Did you see the touchdown celebration that was I don't know if you saw his his um we came home and he was like I've got he faked a hamstring injury. Yeah. And then he's in all oh, fours. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And, and then he does this little, I don't know what he does with his back, and then everyone does his dance. <laughs> Jumped him back But up. then a guy for the Vikings did it as his touchdown celebration? Yep. And then a soccer player, um, a guy on Price's Right won a car, and he faked the hamstring <laughs> and went down. Um, there are, like, a lot of people doing it now, and I'm like, this is kind of cool. But the thing is, and I'm, I, don't, I don't really care about this, but ESPN posted, and they posted the Vikings celebration, and then the soccer, this girl did a soccer celebration, the same thing. And they said, this is where the inspiration came from. And I'm like- They didn't credit you? And I'm like, look at the dates. I'm like, literally look at the dates. So I made a TikTok and I said, on August 19th, <laughs> I faked a hamstring. And then, the, and then like everyone else started doing it. Um, they do it. Like, they like, Come they on. need to do a retraction because if they did that on SportsCenter, then that's a million plus people who might not know you- yeah, they, re- they retracted at yeah. 3 a.m. like the Brady deflate gate story. But the thing that <laughs> I think, it. I have to do something else now. What's next? I'm like, I see that, and I'm like, all right, what's the, what's the next viral thing I'm going to do on a baseball field? And that's the coolest part about it, where, like, it's always thinking what's next. It's That's really and cool. And you got, do you have, like, creative freedom when you're out there to basically do, like, do what you want? Yeah. Is this something that you go into, like, you're driving to the park day, right. that day, and you're like, oh, I'm going to do or, something walking up. Or you're, like, in the dog, I'm like, ah, screw it, I'm going to do this walk up. This or day. is there a dance meeting? Like, yeah. Oh, we have an entertainment there, meeting before every game. Okay. And so the, I, I would say in the six games that I've played for them, half the time they are telling you what to do, and half the time it's up to you. I mean, what's up to you is, like, if you're going to do a trick play. Like, our shortstop, every single ground ball he gets, he goes between his legs. And it he's, yeah. he's in, it's incredible. Like, a legit ground ball hit 95 miles an hour. He does a between the legs or behind the back or something, and I'm like, that's not supposed to happen. Like, that's not physically supposed to happen. Um, he's got to practice that a and, ton. Oh, right? he's always practicing it, and now I'm practicing it. And at third base, it's tougher because I mean you're getting shots hit at you. Um, but I mean, I called my play. I, I think it was our second game. I was mic'd up, and I'm like, "All right, Biko," to our announcer, like, "There's going to be a rollover to me right now." And it was a rollover to me, and I caught it and threw it over. So it's like we're able to kind of have that freedom. But then for walkups, we have to plan that out. And then like, if I'm walking out and doing a greatest showman dance. Like the guys behind me all have to learn that dance too, and they're like the backup dancers. So it's like we're we always have to know what's going on. They got rehearsals time. with leg warmers, and <laughs> yeah, it's just it's fascinating to me. Well, that, that's the other thing is uh, first of all, I, I love the live. There's a couple of the the, the walkups. I love the guy who announces himself. Bill, I don't yeah, know if they still the do best. that. Yep. And I love the live music one. Is <laughs> also really good. Like there's a band playing behind him. I don't know if oh, they still yeah. do that one yep. or not. But those are some of the the, the stuff that I really loved. Is it? Ner- are you nervous when it comes to the trick plays or the dances? Like, do you get nervous? Oh yeah, because I, I mean I was playing. Division one college baseball, you have to be hard nosed. You have to you're you're playing to win and you're playing to get hits and make plays. And now you're playing to win, get hits, make plays, but also do a dance and not mess it up. <laughs> and it's like you have to and the trick plays, I only did I only tried one trick play in the six games I played, and it was in my last play in my sixth game. So I went behind the back and I actually made the play. But that kind of allowed me to open up where I'm like, all right, I'm going back to Savannah in a week. The Ryan Cox, our shortstop, is going to be there too. We're living together, and we're going to go to the field every single day and work on these trick plays. And it sounds crazy, but like it's 
it's playing for this team is a hundred times harder than playing college baseball just from the fact that like you're trying to play to make a good play but there's actually more on the line now mm. there's more on the line because if you mess up that trick play you're like wow that's this is a show and i kind of just like messed up the show a little bit <laughs> it's kind that's why i get nervous a little bit so yeah i was going to ask you so you we were talking before you basically after christmas a couple weeks after christmas you're gone and you're not basically coming back for a while. For a year. Yeah. Um, and you've already, you've only done six games with them going into this. And, I mean, obviously you've been traveled and all that. But are you ready for what's ahead of you, you think? I'm I mean, ready. you got a big task because, you're like you said, you got two two businesses you are got to be doing here. you yep. got baseball and – Yeah, and I think the cool thing is, like, I the last two years, I haven't really set any goals for myself. I've kind of just gone with what's been happening and followed what gives me energy. Um, so I'm ready. I'm ready physically. I'm not sure. I mean, there's going to be things that happen this year where whether it's a major league baseball player coming to play with us, like uh, who knows, Alex Rodriguez, David Ortiz, like we don't Johnny Gomes or what? Yeah, and that's in. Well, I'm sure with the popularity keeps growing, and it, it could be anybody. You know? Yeah, I mean, and look, the Mass Singer has people. At first, when I watched the Mass Singer, I was like, nobody's going to show up to this crap. And next thing you know, you got like A-list people showing up to it. You know yeah, I mean? and I think it's just cool that like you you really never know what's going to happen. So I'm I'm ready. I'm prepared for the unexpected like i'm just prepared for whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen we're playing 86 games which is wow nuts but it's over a course of eight months because we get there at 10 a.m we're having an entertainment meeting for who knows how long we get done with the game we have a plaza party at the very end of the game for two hours we're hanging out with fans signing autographs doing all that so it's really like a 12-hour day of yeah. just non-stop 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 did they sign did you know after your little your stint the you said eight games. How many games did you play? Six games. After six, when did you know they wanted you to stay? So I had a meeting with our head coach Adam Byron, and we basically sat down with me, and he was like, "Are you all in on this? I want to make sure that if we're bringing you back, you're all in." And he didn't. Not that he had any like idea that I wasn't, because I was showing it on social media. I was showing it that I was so just engaged and loved the bananas. I'm, he knew he knows I'm all in, but he asked me for a yes or no, like, are you all in? And I said, yes, 1 million percent. Because he knew that I also had that other business, the social mm -hmm. media side. And I'm like, I would take the bananas over anything right now. If you, literally, if they told me I couldn't post on social media anymore, I would be like, that's fine. Because my purpose is now being a Savannah banana and like creating a great show for fans all over the country now. So like, that's what I love. But he also said like, you're going to be able to post your Social media, you're going to be able to do that. So it's the best of both worlds now. So you sign a contract. Sign a contract. Okay. Sign sealed. And, and and this is where I get back to the business side of it. Like, I don't even know if you didn't have the TikTok business, could you live off of what you're doing? Or there's no way. You could. Yeah. Yeah, I could. Okay. Um, and the, even the, the business side of it is not even. It's not even so much about the money right now. It's just I love the other thing about social media that I do is I tell my story. And I'm influencing young kids to follow their dreams. And that right. sounds really just cliche, but like that's my probably my main goal in this right now. I'm influencing 40-year-olds to follow their dreams. I'll get comments like, hey, you influenced my son to do this, but also I'm 50 years old and you literally just for, not forced me, but like caused me to quit my job and try Oof. what I love. And I'm like, all right, well, don't. If, it, if that fails, don't come back to me. Not my fault, buddy. If that fails, not my fault. But I think that's really cool. And so. Well, you're building a brand, right? I mean, brand. that's really what you're doing. And and so my, my other question is, and I don't want to get into the numbers, but if you didn't have the bananas, could you make a good living off TikTok alone? Yeah. You could. Yeah. And, and when did that, when does it go from, 
building a brand to being able to say, you know, to live off that brand? It was when I started working with companies like Capital One and Peloton, um, Game Time. But this all comes others. with just followers, right? I mean, this is they, they're they're searching you basically by. I'm sure they got people that are looking. Oh, who's got all these millions of followers or whatever? But until the companies, you don't automatically make money when no. you have 800,000 followers. It's when the companies say, "I, I want to pay you to do this content yeah. creation." And you stuff. send them their, you send them your ideas, and they might say, "We don't really like this." But most of the time, I'm trying to. They want you to make it personal to your page, so it doesn't seem like an ad. Like, this is Capital One Quicksilver card, right. and I'm Jackson Olson. Like, they don't want it to be that. But they do want you, to, they want it to make it known that it's an ad without seeming like an ad. It's got to be very organic um, to your page. So that's the hardest part of all of it is like mm. finding that middle ground of like, this is me, but how do I make this funny? How do I make it a skit? And also like make it known that this is a Peloton advertisement. Well, I'll give you one piece of advice. If you do a Capital One, just don't do don't steal home without it. That will open up a whole batch of worms. You would not want to go down that road. You don't want to go down that road. That's a good major league uh, reference. That's good. And so, you know, when it comes to your career, because I, I think ultimately that you can't be third base for the Savannah Bananas forever. No. So, I mean, how long would you like to do something like this? Would it be two years, three years, one year? Like, how long do you see yourself doing it? So, I see myself playing. I mean... I'm one of the youngest on the enti- youngest on the entire team. I'm 25. A lot of the guys are 27, 28, um, and not that that has any impact on what I'm going to do, uh, but I feel like I have three, three or four years, maybe more. I don't know, um, depending on the traje- trajectory of what this is like. Um, and then afterwards, I still want to be involved with the bananas. Like I don't see myself ever not wanting to be involved with this organization because what Jesse Cole is doing and his vision is like what I see. Also, like some people might not see it, but like I see exactly he, he has his mind is are you guys crazy. tight. Are you guys tight now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'll send him ideas. He'll send me ideas. And um, you agree with his vision a thousand percent, thousand percent. He is the he's like, I think like Derek Jeter is my idol. My dad's my idol. But like Jesse Cole is turning into my idol because I believe in what he is doing so much. And it's just incredible of how he's went from literally being a general manager of a team at 23 and now he's doing all of this. He's got a book. We've had him on. I had him on my regular show, and it is. It's an American. Like I, there's so much cynicism. I hate to be so macro on you, but there's so much cynicism about so many things in our world and in our country, especially. But to see an organic, capitalistic entertainment thing happen like this, I think he, whatever he makes or whatever money he he, he can have it all. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I really think to create such a unique product, it's just the coolest thing. Um, you know, the thing I, I'm curious about, because I think that with this Manning cast and other things, like you that. don't know what the broadcast world's going to be like. And so you probably could be a traditional broadcaster too, but like you don't know what sort of stuff is going to be happening concurrently with a baseball broadcast. And I mean, I could even foresee, you know, like you, you, you're like a sideline reporter who's got to produce TikToks throughout a game as sort of like a sideline reporter type on on the digital side, I mean, I can see that because baseball, Major League Baseball, has got a massive problem. I mean, in my yeah. opinion, because, and I, John is a huge, he's a much bigger baseball fan than I am. Listen, in two thousand, was it two thousand fifteen? Bryce Harper said, "Make baseball fun again," yep. right? And he That's took so it's, much crap for that, right? He's not, and, and, he's, and yeah. he wasn't wrong, right? And it's taking this long, and I think, you know, Major League Baseball could have very easily. 
pounded down on the Savannah Bananas, right? They yep, could have exactly. rained fire down on them, yep. and they could have just done what they normally do. It's like the NFL. They do whatever they want, right? But I feel like it's smart. They're embracing it, and they're— they're. Are they, though? I, are well, they? Oh, yeah. They, I mean, they came to—MLB sent out all their social media team. They literally sent them out and said, go make content as much as you can. And I was—five months ago, I was in an MLB TikTok for being a creator, and now I'm in an MLB TikTok as a Savannah Banana. And they posted three TikToks of our team on their page. And, like, they don't do that. They don't. They post Major League Baseball hmm. players, and that's it. Um, and they're content creators. And now the bananas. And yeah, now they're so showing it on every. Big. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, and, and let's face it. I, I mean, the game, as I said, you're a big I have had Red Sox season tickets since 05. And it's just, it isn't fun. And. I'm not even a big bat flip guy. Like they're trying to do that to get young people involved and all the the macho bravado stuff. I I could give a crap about that. I really don't care. I just want the game to be more interesting. So I guess my question to you is, what do you think Major League Baseball? I mean, the game's got to be shorter, and they can't do banana ball no, rules. They will never do that. No, because it would change the integrity of the game. But what do you? If you were Rob Manfred or whomever, like what would you do practically? to make that game, which is a different game than Banana yeah. Ball, what would you do to make it better? So what I see with Banana Ball and what's going on is fans love it. Like I was saying before, they love it because of all the stuff that's going on. And then because of that, they love watching the players play. So because they love the brand so much, they're going to end up watching the game and loving the game. So it's kind of the same thing with Major League Baseball. Get the fans involved as much as you can and that's what I was trying to do on my MLB tour is I was showing everything in the stadium except right. for the game. But the and dudes making saying, but the dudes making 35 million they're like targets and they they don't want to have anything if you want to talk to them honestly they don't want to have anything to do with fans because yeah. it's just the guy making 50 grand doesn't understand what life is 35 million and they feel very uncomfortable. Yeah, but what I'm saying I'm not saying get them involved with the players. I'm saying get them involved like with different people, different either wh whether it's an influencer that comes or whether there's a team of people that like, yeah, there's t-shirt tosses, but that's really all they have. They have t-shirt tosses, they have the kiss cam and stuff like that. They need more stuff happening in the crowd yeah. to get people to come there. Because if you come to a game, you might end up being a fan. And I mean, I have people from Australia saying, I literally want to come to the United States to go to a major league baseball game because of your videos. Hmm. So if they, if all you have to do is get them into the stadium, I argue if the game still sucks. But just think about it. If you go to a Major League Baseball game, any park, what are the chances that you can walk into that park an hour before the game and get even down to the railing on the field to get a chance to see, not even get an autograph, just be close enough to see one of your players walk by? Like I remember going to the stadiums when I was young, like Cleveland Stadium, and seeing a Yankee walk by me just because I was down on the thing, and I yeah. thought that was cool. Then I've gotten autographs before, but you go to a ballpark now, you can't even get down to the seats at Yankee Right, Yankee's so Stadium. what's your point? Yeah, My you. point is, is exactly what Jackson is saying. It's like they've created such a void between the fans and the players, it's almost like the whole experience sucks now. Right. Because people don't want to go there because they're like, oh, what are the, you know, oh yeah, I could see Judge hit a 60-second home run. But yeah, I never got that up-close personal feel that you could get 20 years ago or at a minor league baseball game or at a Savannah Bananas game. Like, granted, you're not going to be Francisco Lindor or Carlos Correa or whoever dancing around in the stands. That's never going to happen. But there are ways for you to make it better for the fans and maybe 
cost a zillion dollars either. See, like, without disagreeing with you, and again, I'm going to find myself against you too, I would say I think the in-game experience should be better, but that doesn't mean the game's better. If it's still three yeah, and a half hours and there's 15 right. strikeouts, yeah. the game's still going to be boring. Yeah, so I don't know I, how you can drop it down to a two-hour banana game. That, no, that's never going to happen. I, I don't think it needs to, but I do think that, and and I guess in the minors, with they're getting them acclimated to the the pitch clock and other things that it, they they when they implement it at the big league level, it'll be easier to do. But I, I do think that the one thing they can learn is that if there's a way to limit the game to a shorter duration as possible, th- yeah. that's better. I mean, the fact that you guys are two hours, no matter what. I think is awesome. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Just think of how many games, parks you can go to. Can you even get in to see the first team take batting practice? Well, you know what? You no. no. That, like, and then guards will stop you. If you, go, if you go in no. to see them, guards will stop you. The what? security will just stop you. It's crazy because I went to a Celtics game the other night. This is fascinating. And my son, I've never taken him to a Celtics game. And it was like he just wanted to go in early to see see the shoot around. And what they do is if you're a member of the club or whatever – you can get in two hours, but every other schlep gets in an hour. Yeah. And so by the time you get in there, all the crap is over. Right. And like the point is they make a pay tier. Yeah, it's There's ridiculous. a pay tier to see more of that other stuff yeah. that should be part of the admission yeah. process. One of my best memories of a Major League Baseball game was going with my wife, who was a fiancé at the time, to San Diego, and the Cardinals were in town, and watching Mark McGuire take batting practice. Now, yeah. granted, he might have been roided up at the time, but that was one of the coolest oh things my I've God. ever Sick. seen in yeah. my life. Yeah, and the stadiums in some places are better. Like when we went down to Baltimore, because it's cheaper to travel to Baltimore and get a hotel room and go to two games against the Red Sox than it is to go to Fenway. It's actually cheaper, but you they let people in the outfield and batting practice, and like everyone, every one of my kids got a ball. How hard is that to do? Like how how give a kid a baseball and he's hooked the whole game. They'll be happy the whole game if they get a baseball. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just it's just wild. I you know I want to do you have any do you, I I want you to make sure you get all your questions out. I mean I have t- of tons of stuff. I almost feel like we're proud of you. you know what <laughs> I mean because I I feel like the twenties for me. I don't know about you, but my twenties were hard, and I I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then when I knew what I wanted to do, I couldn't get the jobs quick enough to actually do the things I wanted to do. And so you didn't have a negative per se, but you turned it into a pretty damn yeah. big positive. And I just think it's. It's neat because I rail on my kids for social media and for doom scrolling and for staying on their phones. And you've sort of proven that there is a legitimacy to pursuing it. Yeah. And it doesn't help my argument in the house no, very much. I wouldn't say. But I think it is really great. And uh, I just, we've wanted to, you know, we, we've been talking about this for so long. And I don't mean to be like, I'm not being condescending when I say that. I mean, I'm being sincere. Yeah. Like you, you took your, you probably could be a pro baseball player, mm-hmm. and that's sucks not to have that chance, right? Yeah. And instead of wallowing in self pity or or doing whatever, uh, you've created this brand that I mean, who knows if you parlay this? I don't know what's going to be like when you're 40 with two kids. I don't either. <laughs> but but for this intro, <laughs> but who either. knows what it'll be yeah. in the next 10 years? Could be really fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be really fun. And like you said, it's like, I don't know what's going to happen in even a year. Who knows? And that's the most fun part about it. Well, the best part is you're going to be playing a lot of baseball, Jackson. A lot of baseball. So if people want to, if they're listening, they want to consume your stuff, just give us all the different places they can go. I mean, because the TikTok stuff is populated elsewhere. Like, if they want to consume some Jackson Olson content, where do they go? Yeah, so uh, TikTok is Jackson Olson underscore, and then Instagram is J underscore Olson too. Those are the, the main two places that I post everything. And do your TikToks, you just put them on Instagram or you do unique stuff on Instagram too? 
Yeah, so I'll, I basically, Instagram stories, I use for like showing what I'm doing in my life. Every single day I'll post like five and show exactly what's going on, what I'm doing, what I'm training, if I'm going to the cage, going to hit. Um, so people can kind of follow my story there. And that's like the best way to follow my story is because those are like the little things I'm posting every day, um, five of them. And then I'm reposting TikToks onto Instagram, basically the same thing. You yeah, good? That's what, that's what I noticed is when I first started trying to look up things, I'm like, this guy basically maps his life out on his stories, which is, you know, be kind of cool. That's why it's called a story. Yeah. That's what I realized. It's like, if it's called a story, I might as well tell my story. You might as well tell a story. <laughs> a story. Yeah. I just wonder, I'm just amazed at what works and what doesn't. Maybe I should do more of it because I don't really understand what, what works and what doesn't. No, it's not... It, as much as I hate to say it, getting old, you you, learn, you lose touch of certain things. Yeah. Like I told Jackson, I'm like, the only thing I knew about TikTok is it's popular and my kids look at it. Now I use Instagram, but I've never posted an Instagram story, but I post See, stuff to Instagram. Right. I look at it as like the Lay's potato chip of social media. Like you can't have just one. So like TikTok, <laughs> you can't just sit and watch one video. You end up like an hour later having right. watched all this stuff. and. Uh, it's just, I, I'm scared of it, right? But it, at the same time, there's this amazing stuff on it. Uh, Jackson, thank you so much for your time. And of course, if you want to do a TikTok with John, <laughs> whatever, and post it, it's obviously you're way bigger You're way bigger than our show, and and uh, as it should be. So Jackson Olson, John Senecal, Brian Jackman, you've been listening to Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sport. Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV.
So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.